declaring our independence. What? Well, a couple more times probably. While we're here at Porkfest 19, it's June 27th, 2022. We're sitting down with Richard Grove from Autonomy, Tragedy and Hope. You know, uh, uh, there's a lot of things that you do, but autonomy is probably the one thing that we're going to be talking about today. Grand Theft World podcast that he did last night went live all over the place from last night. And we have uh, Jay Noon. Now, Jay Noon is a uh, free state project guy here in New Hampshire. He's been a good friend for a long time and is a big friend to the community. He's a jack-of-all-trades diesel mechanic, anything livestock, takes care of your horses and does not put up a crap from the man out need none of their paperwork. So this is, uh, he's very unique in his philosophy that used to be common and uh, murka, and that has just been beaten out, but he was brought up this way and has been an advocate for leave me aloneism since I've known him. Now, so much so, the skills that he has, he has interns, people that will come to learn to work on diesel engines, farm, put up fences, how to do husbandry on pigs, chickens, cows, you know. And when the pandemic started, immediately he understood this is, a lot of us knew, this is going to be a food thing. Well, he didn't waste any time. So he started all these animals that the farmers and ranchers were having to destroy, He's like, they're mine now. You know, how much? You know, So he built up uh, livestock. There's a local farm he partners with. He does his own processing. He sells, you know, barters meat, you know, and he deals in cash and crypto. Cash, crypto, silver, things of value. You want to get your parking lot plowed? That's absolutely right. That corporate check has $200. But it's like uh, 100 bucks if you pay in crypto, you know. So this has been um, an example, an exemplary example, and an inspiration to anybody that knows him, the people around here. But he's raising two small children also. You know, his daughter's like not even three yet, I don't think. Not even two and a half. Really? Okay, well, she's over two. So, and then you have a son born after her. He's like 18 months or something like that. Nine months old. Nine, I lied. We'll get it right. You get to correct everything. You know, nine months old. And they are farmers with him. It is part of the raising of his children, along with the relationship he has with his community. So much so, this has been important and inspiring to so many people that other friends have, you know, like Derek Slopey that has Agorist Hosting, got the domain jnoon.com. Yep. You know, has a space for it sitting there. We've supplied him with, uh, you know, computers and cameras and lighting, whatever the heck he needs to be able to do this. But, you know, He's been busy. So now here comes autonomy. Richard Grove and autonomy have the ability to take exact use cases like this for someone that has something to share that's a value and to monetize it, get it out there, uh, make sure that people benefit from this knowledge and this wisdom that we have. This has been a project slow burn for a long time, but it takes the commitment of Jay and the technology to be able to incorporate it into his work flow for the day. So now one of the autonomy grads is a gentleman that's under internship learning to do uh, diesel repair and a lot of other stuff working with Jay. So we go, well, Justin's up there. Guess what? So Justin, he's sleeping. So we told we yell at him when it was time for him to come in. <laughs> so, so 
Um, Justin's going to help participate in that. He was worried he had to do something today. Well, like, oh man, what I got to do? I come out and I go, no, 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 no. we're just going to talk about it, man. Relax. You know, this will be later. So I wanted before we get to Jay, because once Jay goes, man, he's going to learn to fight you. But you know, I wanted to get Richard and have him explain. This is what they have built up a trained, motivated individuals to break loose of their, I, I don't know what it is that's happened to, to people, and they're trying to break them out of their shell. And these are people that take this class, and they have into their sixth or seventh graduating class, and they are very inspired and inspiring. They are, a bunch of them come here to Pork Fest. Last year was the first time they came, and I don't know, dozens of them, 60, whatever is a lot. And... Um, uh, this year they put on the show and it has been, you know, it's already a tradition at pork fest and it's only been the second year. So these guys are very accomplished. They're professionals. They, uh, you know, a lot of them have degrees and so on. They're just, the world has messed them up and Richard getting their mind right. And then have the ability for them to flourish with the needs. Cause as soon as Richard started this, I was like, look, man, I need some graduates. Let's do it. And then they just started huddling together and doing their own thing he's partnering up with, and he's hoarding them all, <laughs> damn it, you know. But they're created services that are value, and we got a project that we're working on. But now with uh, Jay, the possibility of getting Jay Noon out to the world and getting this stuff out when it's the most important, everything that Jay was warning about was going to happen is happening right now. Oh, yeah. You know, happening with the people, how happening uh, with the children, how they're being raised, how they're being distracted. And it just dovetails into a lot of what Richard's been saying, mm-hmm. you know. So now the capability, the knowledge and the desire is all coming together. So I'm excited and we're going to talk about that today. Richard, go. All right. So the best way to tell the story is just tell the story. Uh, most of the time on, on Sundays at Pork Fest, people are packing up. They're leaving, everything. But last night, we had a live streaming podcast show that we do every Sunday night. And we were we did it last night from Pork Fest. We had uh, Starlink. We had video uh, going up to a satellite coming down, various points in the Internet. And right before the show, as we're setting up, and I'm in the middle of total overwhelm, I hear Jay Noon stand up talking about dopamine and kids and devices and I was too overwhelmed to hear what he was saying at the time, but my subconscious like grabbed it. And I was thinking about what he said for the rest of the night. So I went over and I said, you know, how, like how much, like how serious are you about this topic? What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on it? What kind of other resources do you have with it? Because I feel like without a course in place for Jay, he's going to be out there evangelizing, doing one to one, trying to convince people of this situation when he can just get it down in the course one time. And then put it out to many thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people, millions of families legitimately need this solution. They've already got their kids addicted, public school, Chromebooks, track trace database societies because they haven't adulted yet. So for the adults, there's man camp and other amenities that Jay has. And for the kids, it's either prevent uh, parents from getting kids, uh, having kids and getting them on devices. Or if your kid's are already on a device, here is the process of unpeeling these layers of uh, kind of addictive behaviors that can be very destructive and kind of get uh, a holistic, more grassroots, let's get our dopamine hits from eating snow peas that we grew in the garden and learning how nature works and these sort of things. And so, uh, yeah, I would really like to have him encapsulate his knowledge in digital form so he can do it once, work outside on the farm, and people around the world can have their lives enriched 
from his course and or courses because he's got much to teach. Much. Much. You know, one of the things I, I want to turn over to Jay is um, uh, man camp. You could see these guys, they didn't even know what a power drill had screwdriver, flathead, uh, Philip, what were you talking about? I mean, you know, they... Yeah, 30, so, 33-year-old men didn't know what a, any of this stuff. How was. to change a tire. Right. So what happened was he came out and he decided that, and he kind of prepped it, you know, and did some kids like Derek's kids up in yep. Maine or something like that, but he wanted to get a forge, you know, be able to take horseshoes and make toilet you know, uh, paper roll holder, something, mom, paper towel, rack right, right. of something, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you guys, you get in the work with fire, you know, and hammers and anvils and getting. And then, and we were over there, we we're like making knives and spears, and you know, of course, what's going to happen? And then, uh, and then welding got involved and a lot of other things. And I asked him, and we did logos for it and so on. The logo is a woman wearing a work apron with a hammer and an anvil. And because he goes, he goes, I go, what about the women? You're going to call it man camp, man. You're going to have to stay after school or something, you know. And he goes, a woman's just a man with a womb. I mean, you know, what, what, what is the deal with this? A womb so, man. So, so I am really encouraged by the effect that I've seen happen here at Porkfest. Over the years, people would bring their kids and stand there and watch, you know, man, you know, man up my, my, my little man here. And it's like, and they're usually about 12 to 14, 15, a little older than you would think, you know, coming out there just to get a taste. And their parents are happy as hell. So this is, you know, the kinds of things that real life has. And and Jay could get so much more done, but he spends so much time answering questions, explaining the history on everything. That's why I'm not going to let him freaking, once he starts, it's going to go stupid. So we're like, you know, making sure that he gets into the class. So all these stories, all this wisdom gets recorded. So he's not doing a one-on-one or a one-on-the, <gasps> however many people are listening to this. So I'm going to let Jay kind of talk about his philosophy a little bit, and you'll see why we want to get him his own channel, his own workflow, so that we can get it up and share with you with Autonomy's help. So, Jay, what is the main thing as you're having children and you've seen in the movement here in the free state and what society is generating you think that we got problems with? What's up? Well, the main thing that I'm seeing right now is there is a lot of able-bodied you know, men and women who are really not useful. Um, my my goal is that my kids and your kids and everybody else's kids, the posterity, uh, are more useful alive than not alive to their peers, to their community, to the people around them. So basically, no matter how bad it gets, if you are very useful to everybody and people know it, that, that, that their community is better with you in it than not in it, uh, well, you're really, um, you're going to not only survive, but you're also going to thrive. Yeah, you're, you're an ad. <laughs> yeah, like, like Ernie says, yes, an ad. Even like, you know, one example is a local chief, you know, my local chief of police and the DCYF thing that's going on, which, uh, you know, if you just go on uh, YouTube and just type in J Noon. It's like the first video that shows up that explains that. But anyways, um, uh, the chief of police didn't tell me this directly, but one of the a guy in town who does a lot of work with the police says, well, 
the police here know that Henniker is a better place with you in it, and they know you're a good guy and you're and you're doing the right things. So <clears throat> the thing is, is the number one thing that we have to do. The, so so the one propaganda device the state has used to control people is fear. And as you and I have talked about before, what's the opposite of fear? Well, the opposite of fear, best I can tell, is confidence. You know, this is something that I asked another person um, that very question, you know, after they've experienced, either they learned it from you or they heard it from you. Yep. And I asked him, I go, you know, what do you think the, uh, the counter to fear is? And he goes, confidence, self-confidence, yep. self-esteem, doing something, right. knowing about it. Yep. And, I, and, I, and, I, and it seemed very spontaneous, like he, he just had experienced it. You yep. know, it's not like you, you, you wrote it down for him. Learning's the answer. What is the question? There you if you go. ask the question, what it opens the the door to learning. It's when we assume and use declarative sentences, we're not growing. Yeah, so we have to answer these questions, and even with like like the kids, nothing you know really upsets me more than when a kid you know has all these questions, and a parent is like, oh, stop asking questions, or you know, brushing them off, or don't want to answer the questions, and or or kids will come ask me questions, and their parents will be like, don't bother him. And I'll be like, it's totally fine. I will answer every question he asks me. Yes, he will. And so, so, <laughs> so anyways, you know, um, my, you know, uh, I, I, you know, uh, have no social security number. You know, I, um, you know, have never had a bank account. I um, don't have a driver's license, for example. I haven't had one since like 2008. And, um, you know, people are like, you know, and, and I look at people who like, I'm like, dude, you have a social security number. You could go do a six-week course on how to drive a tractor-trailer truck. You you can get a driver's license. You can, you know, you're healthy. You're going to be able to pass the medical card. And, you know, and right now, trucking companies are giving, you know, five to $15,000, you know, just for a sign-on bonus. Plus, you're going to make, like, you know, 38 to $50 an hour. Or, you know, there's no problem making two grand a week being a truck driver right now if you, if you want to go, you know, put in that 60-hour a week as a truck driver. And um, but a lot of people just don't even have the confidence that they could ever even do such a thing. And, and actually, driving a truck is pretty easy. Some of the stupidest people I know are really good truck drivers. And um, so, anyways, uh, and it's just a skill that's got to be developed. So um, you, you have people that the, all they have to do is go sit down and take a class, and the class is like five thousand dollars. But they got to get a license. Well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> they, they have that shit anyways, right? And, and they're doing that system. It's, it's, it's so easy. So, but like, I was literally driving a semi truck down the road, hauling hay with no license, and um, you know, and I just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not not subject to your jurisdiction, and you know, I, but I was also like, I, I behaved well, right. you know, I you know didn't draw attention to myself and whatnot. I didn't speed. You so know? people that you know, that's one thing. A lot of people coming from God, you know, Massachusetts, Indiana, California, New York, moving to New Hampshire to get away from this stuff. Um, you, you've also been a really good example of how and how not to interface with the man and not giving them jurisdiction. So that's a whole class right. in and of itself. Yep. But a lot of these guys, they're in the system. They got bank accounts. They sure. haven't used crypto yet. They got. So you're a good example for this. But the main thing. Yeah, if I can do it, they can do it. It's a whole lot easier. You know, just surviving, making money, thriving, whatever. But it all comes down to confidence. Um, so, yeah, basically the example. So you're giving them confidence in living life. Well, yeah. So, but when it comes down to confidence, so like all the people, living. all the people who who I know that wear masks are the people who are who who, who are ruled by fear, um, and 
uh, basically, when it comes to confidence, I really believe that confidence has to be instilled in in the posterity before uh, they uh, hit puberty. Uh, no, I, I agree with that. I think that uh, once a kid, a boy or a girl, you know, is hits puberty or is done with puberty or post-pubescent, I really don't know what all the terms are, but basically once they're at, they're sort of like... They're sort of like programmed. They're sort of set. They're like on their path. They're locked. They're they're jello until then. That's why all the Hitler youth and everything was this junior high thing. I want to disagree mildly because I help to rehabilitate adults who have had this set in, and they can go through processes to reignite their curiosity, step with action out of their fear, and to start learning. And through that learning, they get skills, experience, competence, and then confidence is an end result. Yep. Confidence is like the wake behind the boat. People want that, so they try to focus on making big wake. But I'm just like, no, just drive the boat forward. And you drive the boat forward by learning how to solve valuable problems to people. Yeah, like yeah. steering the boat. So what <laughs> Fixing Jay's the engine doing, on the boat. <laughs> yeah, Jay's got all, all the layers working in that process. So just to back up what you had to say, um, so I, I have a, a guy who's a really good friend of mine who, like, literally when I met him, was a, he was a scared, wimpy soy boy. And now he's like literally, you know, a he's refined himself into a real man in a few years, and he's uh, he's gained a tremendous amount of confidence, and um, you know, uh, and 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 he, um, you know, he's really doing well for himself. He's very happy. You know, he was suicidal. He told me, um, you know, and uh, he like, um, and, and and he's a smart smart guy. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you just got a man up. I mean, you know, and and you know, this the the scamdemic really broke him down. You know, hard like you know, he was locked up and basically in his house with his parents for I think he told me he hadn't you know gone out of the house in 13 months, and then we finally got him back here to New Hampshire and and he was like you know sort of afraid to like go into public and you know 2021 ish early 2021 ish and but anyways he just got over it and I'm like so he, so I see him in a grocery in a, in a local store wearing a mask I'm like dude why are you wearing a mask I go do you know kids are gonna commit suicide because they see you wearing a mask don't be complicit in that stuff. Um, you know, that's not cool. And, and, and he goes, well, they, they say wear a mask. Oh, fuck these people that say wear a mask, <laughs> you know. Um, and he's like, well, but what about private property rights? And I'm like, they're open to the public. Uh, this is, uh, you know, they're um, um, and it's, and just giving compliance to any kind of this nonsense is just the most, most, you know, dangerous thing we could do. Well, this is the one thing that, you know, we're trying to emphasize. Jay does a um, this kind of presentation to Everybody he meets standing at the next gas stall putting in their fuel. I mean, it's yep. at that counter. It's at, you know, the parts store. It's at the grocery store. It's anybody comes to his house. It's at, so we're trying to emphasize, and he, and he does it in such a way they just can't stop listening because they're getting a whole bunch of new stuff in a tone that, you know, Jay is very respectful and the people, you know, don't have the time. They don't feel... You know, uh, they're putting them out by, you know, wanting to continue it later. But we're trying to set up a structure by which um, uh, I I want to demonstrate and show and prove to everybody, including Jay, that this stuff is heavily in demand. This is something that, you know, it's why autonomy is so popular and does so well and gets a a lot of uh, accolades is for this very reason. This society has not been breeding men and women it's been making serfs 
It's been making slaves. It's been making compliers. It's been making automatons. It's been making, you know, livestock. Yeah. I mean, we're freaking livestock. Yeah, pretty much. So Most this is, are. by the time they get to Richard, you know, I, 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 I've been amazed at what he's been able to do with people. But he has to, they have to go through hours and hours of videos there. You know, it's like an interview to even have permission to give him money. You know, and it's because you got to weed out so many of the broken people. Yep. You know, I want to I want to talk about that, Richard. Come over. You know, the by the time you get someone that these are professionals, some of them are young, some of them are uh, um, uh, just trying to better themselves. Some of them are set by parents, or some of them are parents, or you know. Yeah. And and what is it that you think they were missing that they didn't get? It, it, obviously, oh, a lot get, of what Jay's talking about. No, it's easy. They didn't get to see the full menu in life. So they went through school. They got limited options. You go through high school. You go to college. You get a degree. And that tells you what to do for the rest of your life until you retire. And along the way, you're supposed to find happiness, have family, all this good stuff, right? So I knew how they broke education in America in order to make schooling, which was indoctrination. And I knew the purposes. And they're attacking the least among us, the youngest, the most innocent, with these processes of Denying us knowledge of self, denying us knowledge of our environment, and denying us the ability to be self-reliant, to be self-competent, and therefore self-confident, right? So, uh, seeing it was broken, that's not the solution. So, I took the pieces that uh, they took out of education to make it into schooling. Schooling, first off, is not volitional, right? And uh, so, involuntary anything is not learning, it's not enrichment, it's not education. So, if we teach people... Here's how schooling undermined you. You have learned helplessness, uh, low self-esteem, scarcity mindset, all these things, right? I teach people reality has scarcity. There's a finite amount of resources, but your mind is meant to be unlimited. That's how we solve problems and overcome things and invent things. So these limitations, artificial limitations, we uh, uh, self-indoctrinate through schooling into our minds keeps us in the herd. But when you learn how to overcome those, then you're setting yourself free. And then we give them high-value skills like how to learn anything, um, how to express yourself, how to identify contradictions, come to decisions, judgments, choices, etc. So you don't have to rely on uh, hocus-pocus methods that are peddled out there. And then we give them high-value skills like sales, negotiating, uh, marketing, consulting, and the technology stack that every company (laughs) uses to get their message out there one-to-many. So you make something once, it's a digital asset, and you market it all over the place. And uh, Okay, that's another yeah, thing I wanted to talk about, is when you do um, uh, the forums, the discords, you have practice. They do, I mean, this is, it, it, it's education. It, it, it's like a like vocational training for being an adult or something. All right, so it's multidimensional, <laughs> dynamic, interactive. It's all the things that school doesn't provide you with. Uh, This is a voluntary environment. There's nothing mandatory. It's a 12-week training system, but you have lifetime enrollment. People have taken it every season. So I have seasons. I've graduates who have graduated seven times, and I got students who are just their first time through. I've enrolled people from age 16 with parental permission to 18 to 85. Right? Justin, I think, was 19 when he signed up. Uh, Two years ago, he's working at a coffee shop. He's making 10 bucks an hour. I'm like, "What's your plan?" He's like, "I don't have one." Like you take this course, you increase your upward mobility, and then money follows that. It's like the wake in the boat, right? So all he has done is make himself indispensable in any given situation. And that's one of the things I teach people how to do because I think we should all know how to do that and help each other. And when you're stronger, you can take care of yourself and you have enough for 
taking care of a few other people. But, you know, charity is taken <clears throat> away from us by taxes. Our ability to give freely to other people is right. kind of like artificially harnessed and centralized. I want br- to have- bring this up. This is how it used to be. If you were a Harvard Law grad, you had a job because you were supposed to be competent, you know. If you were Yale, you, Ivy League, blah, 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 you know, back when I was Any younger. Any place funded by opium, if you graduated from one of their schools, then you were one of their people. And, right? and Harvard and Yale, those are opium colleges. Man, I'm see, you go down, you, there, yeah, you're going to go down the rabbit hole. But down the rabbit hole, because I had to know. Okay, yeah. They, yeah, Jordan Page song. But the, um, the thing that I'm emphasizing, the point I want to make, is that um, these universities don't, graduate competent adults anymore they're deep captured you know like the 1950s so this is a real life education that we're offering and uh exposing you to here autonomy to fix a lot of people j is to keep from getting broken to begin with you know so there i'm sure there's still be you know, a lot of advantages going through autonomy, a lot of the skills there, because if you go to college, it's just breaking you. Well, the, you know? the point that, that's common between the both of them is, like, I have a lecture component where we tell you some stuff, but the part where you actually learn is the integration exercise where you practice with other students, right? Where you take it out into real life, because that's what it's about. Like, learn on online to take it out into the real world. He's just taking people out into the real world to learn how to do stuff in the real world. Yeah. It's like even at more two. direct work. At 2 to 42 <laughs> or 92, he's teaching skills that are evergreen, needed, whether we have electricity or not, whether we have highways or not. Okay, I want to wrap this up. I just want to introduce this. We're going to be creating this. You'll be looking forward to seeing uh, Jay's stuff. But um, you have been emphasizing this well before you had children. Oh, yeah. and Well, now I feel like I have the credentials. Because I've been telling people for a long time how to raise their kids, and they're like, "Do you have kids of your own?" <laughs> and uh, and you know, and, and the answer, you know, sort of always was yes, because you know, I I grew up on a riding stable, so these you know eight year old kids got dropped off mostly girls to ride horses, and then a lot of them they just didn't have the um, funds to keep on going, so the kids wanted wanted to uh, work, and so basically most of the kids that ended up through our stable, which was in Carry on farm, Palmer, Massachusetts. My dad, Spud Noon, um, you know, he, he was very much into this. Um, we, uh, they would come, they would clean stalls, we would get them stacking hay. Hey, somebody needs to go drive that tractor. We're going to teach, you know, you're, you're, you're nine years old and we're going to, you know, we literally made the tractor seat so little kids could drive it because uh, they wanted to. They were interested in it and, you know, taping a two by four to the clutch so they could reach the clutch pedal all the way. And so, and then these, these kids are hauling hay with me. They're like 15 years old and I'm like, you want to drive the truck? And let them drive the truck down the throughway. Let them, you know. Uh, but my my dad, he's like, oh, I'm really tired. We're coming home from Missouri. I'm like 13 years old. He's like, he's like, all right, you want to drive? Just you know, he'd let me drive when I was a little kid. And so, like, I, there's this one girl, Amber. She was 15 years old, and she's you know jamming gears on a 13 speed semi truck. Um, but you know, like, but she'd been sitting in a pat, you know, watching us do it for a couple of years, and she knew how to run a truck around the yard. And same thing with me as a kid. And and so when I got married here at Rogers Campground four years ago, um, I hadn't seen any of these you know a lot of these people in like a decade because i you know moved out west and i was just busy and doing stuff but uh uh they came to the wedding and they're like they're like oh yeah you know i'm doing they're all doing like things that they liked first off um they were all um very confident 
And all of them, they're like, oh, I can't believe how much, you know, pussies everybody is, the one girl's telling me. And she runs a, um, uh, a, uh, um, a, um, she worked in an insurance company a little bit, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to quit. This is sucks. And she goes, I'm not interested in it. And they're like, oh, well, we have this other position that maybe you would like, and it's a little more challenging. And so, like, a lot of these kids that, you know, had to stack hay at a little kid and had to clean stalls and had to hook the truck up to the trailer and drive the tractor so they could ride horses um, were basically were just like, yeah, I can do anything and everything. And so this this girl, Amber's her name, um, she's like very high up in the ranks of this, you know, insurance company and makes good money now. And she she likes that what she does is sort of challenging. I don't know exactly what it is she does in the insurance company. It's like underwriting or some kind of like whatever. But anyways, all those kids that like that came to the wedding, there was a whole handful of them. Some of them had their they had kids, some were married, some were not. Um I was just like I was just like really happy with the way they turned out. And they were like, So yeah. we're gonna do it to your kids. Yeah. And, and, well I wanna yep. talk about your children now so, you so have anyways, so they get up in the morning they're i mean they're they're working you know and oh, this yeah. is a, tell me what you think is going to be shared in the show i mean what could people expect is it so, confidence to you know uh so we have challenge the, your the, own children so what? everybody's talking about hacking their bodies hacking their brains we can hack our kids brains we control what so we don't want them i don't want them drinking soda so guess what's not in my house soda um and i don't let them have soda uh we don't we don't basically have any sugary junk food at all the only sugar we use is honey and maple syrup that's it um and uh because i know those things are addictive i know those things um are are the gateway drug uh i know um uh so a lot of the sugar junky kids that i hung out with turned into opiate addicts um you know growing up um and uh you know because i was close with a lot of families growing up and but a lot of those families were using government subsidized, you know, WIC, which is basically, you know, all the garbage food you can buy. It. And then a lot of them are raised on, you know, breast, uh, uh, fake breast milk, which is basically similar ingredients to Coca-Cola, Similac. Um, so it rewires their brain and gets their dopamine hits off of um, off of the, uh, you know, that, um, you know, the, the sugar. And which also basically works the same. And, and cocaine, for example, is refined the same way as white sugar. Um, so they get there. So that gets that part of the brain, you know, wired for the dopamine hits. So I'm like, um, I'm like, and I didn't, I, 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 I didn't like that. Like I've seen relatives with their kids. I'm not going to say specific names, just let them have devices and they're total a-holes when it comes to putting the device down. So, um, I knew that everything in, and so I said to my wife, I said, you know, we're not buying any junk food. We're just not going to have it in the house. Don't buy chips. You know, we're not doing soda. Um, and she was pretty good about that stuff anyways before we got together, which helps, you know, that we, we, we're in line that way. So with Cypress, who was born February 2020, and then, you know, when she was like two months old, I literally bought 250 piglets. You Actually, you were there when I was yeah. selling piglets because I wanted to, I, I like, if, if I can get piglets in a whole shitload of my neighbor's yards, um, I'm not going to have to feed these people. And then my brother, uh, Chris, bought a bunch of butchering equipment. I helped him buy some of it. And then that, that fall, um, Thanksgiving weekend, we, we butchered like 15 hogs um, that neighbors of ours grew uh, that, that they bought from us. And, and um, so anyways, uh, uh, but every time people were coming to get hogs, I had Cypress in the front carrier and we were loading hogs and I'm picking up little piglets with Cypress. And so anyways, um, the, and, and, and the thing is, so we can control the dopamine hits our, our kids get. And I am... 
I, I am going to be, it'll be over my dead body if I'm going to let big tech, uh, Bill Gates, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's friends, you know, the, the, the psychopaths who control and run Twitter, um, have any access to my kids. So there, there is no devices, no tablets. Um, I am very much against television. I, I, um, haven't had a television myself personally, like really ever. Um, cause when I moved out of my parents' house, I mean, when I lived in a, a house that had a whole bunch of roommates, we did have a TV, but like, you know, when I sat down and watched something, I, you know, I, I felt like somebody who had just done freaking you know, Molly all weekend and, you know, like shit, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't do any of that stuff either. Uh, but like people will tell you, you know, I, I did a something flip or whatever. And, you know, and, and I'm just not motivated for days. And even like as a teenager, if I smoked pot, I, I, I definitely didn't feel motivated next day. So I didn't. Like, I really, I hardly ever smoked pot until I was like 30 years old, you know, 35 actually. Um, and, uh, but also like, I always wanted to learn stuff. So there was, uh, all these guys that were like friends with my dad. One guy was a professional blacksmith. He was a horseshoer. Um, Dave Reed was his name. And so we did a lot of blacksmithing with him, making knives and forging stuff. And then like, uh, um, there was this other guy, Steve, he did uh, HVAC, he had a, a heating business. So, you know, I'm like 10 years old and he's got me, you know, um, assembling, you know, um, trunk line, you know, um, cleaning up pipes to solder. That's a great job for a kid. If you ever solder copper pipes together, you got to sing in the inside and the outside yeah, of all yeah. the ends and the couplings and really yeah, good. And, the and there's a whole bunch of prep work and you got to measure the, and he'd give me the measurements and I cut the pipe. Um, and then like there was, uh. So we did a lot of heating installations with him, and then I had uncles that were hay dealers. So um, um, one uncle is a crackhead, the other uncle is just lazy, and um, but I ran hay with both of these guys, and I was like, wow, these guys do a lot of stuff that you know I wouldn't do if this was you know as I'm like 12, 13 years old, but because I was a hustler, my uncle would be like, oh, I give you a hundred bucks to go and load this load of hay, and be like eight hundred bales in a tractor trailer truck, and then he'd be like. Oh, I'll give you 50 bucks and I'll give your friend 50 bucks if you bring another kid to unload the hay. So I, you know, had some motivation to get some of my buddies to come unload hay. Um, and they'd work their asses off. And um, so then I just started brokering hay for other people, you know, when I was like 13. But anyways, um, with my daughter, getting back to this, I want my kids to be more valuable, you know, to the community alive. I want them to be assets. I want them to help me out uh, around the farm. Uh, so actually... So with Cypress, it's just I just carry her around in the front carry and just do all my work. And then one day I'm, I'm open up the chicken coop and she just grabs an egg, puts it in the egg carton, grabs the second egg and just smashes it right on top of the other egg in the <laughs> egg carton. Whatever, no big deal. Let's keep doing it, honey. She's learning. You know, that the first time she picked up eggs, you know, there's like six of them didn't make it. And, um, you know, then the second day it was like three that didn't make it. And then, you know, it's been she hasn't dropped an egg in six months and she's doing it by herself now. Um, and, but, um, you like, so like when I walk up to the pigs with a bucket, of bucket of eggs or a bucket of yogurt, they start squealing and hollering because they're expecting that dopamine hit that they're going to get. Just like we got goats, a goat starts jumping all around and making all kinds of noise to cows, uh, when you're going to feed them. Uh, my nine month old son sees my wife topless coming from the bathroom in the back of the camper the other morning and I'm sitting in the bed with him. And he can see, as soon as he sees her, he starts, ah, ah, and he is just squealing and just every bo- muscle in his body is just freaking out like a little piglet because he's, he's expecting that dopamine hit from, from get, getting the breast milk. 
So the uh, the Puritans would like to say, oh, we shouldn't allow dopamine to happen because that's the way they think. There should be no pleasure. But you would just shrivel up and die, and we would not exist if we didn't have the dopamine. So big tech knows this. So what they're doing is they're getting hit kids hooked on digital crack. Um, and um, even if you just the, – the, the most important thing I think a parent could do, an expecting parent could do, is just internet search, search the term, internet devices, dopamine. And about three or four pages in on Google, you'll find, um, and I would rather use start page or something else, but uh, you'll find um, basically there was a a whistleblower who testified before Congress or Senate that was like an Apple guy. And he was basically talking about how the dopamine hit that toddlers get, prepubescent children, uh, developing brains get from uh, interacting with Internet devices is such an extreme dopamine hit that if like a, uh, a an adult was to do that with say a narcotic or something it would overdose them and kill them it would you know it would be an overdose and that's like a short of what this guy had to say this was 2013 this guy presented this before um some whatever congressional or senate deal anyways um the uh, so i'm like reading these things and i'm like oh yeah definitely not letting them use you know devices now it's still a little on the fence and you know and i'm like because there's people like, oh, they need to learn the technology. So anyways, um, like, I got friends that the kid won't go to sleep unless they put on a video for them. And, right. and, 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 and now these kids, like, um, you know, uh, are, you know, some of them are here at Rogers Campground. And they're, like, freaking out because, you know, they want to use their Internet device. And then you got where dad lets the kids play video games and mom... Because mom, the moms are the warriors nowadays. All these anti-mask uh, things and the, and, and the vaccine protests, it is like all moms. Yeah. And Mama Bear is pissed. Um, and this scamdemic has really woken up the moms. And, and but, but, the, uh, but a lot of your dads right now, especially if they grew up in urban areas, their parents were using the, the Internet devices as pacifiers and babysitters 20 years ago. Because in the cities, you had high-speed Internet 20 years ago. Uh, I mean, the difference between porn addiction from looking at a magazine or a VHS tape or a, you know, dial-up internet versus, bam, you know, high-speed internet right now, you know, when 11-year-old boys are consuming that, for example, is, like, really, really scary. So, anyways, and, 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 and that right there is is a phenomenon that, you know, we can sort of learn from Japan, where Japan, there's basically the men are just not interested in actual in-the-flesh women because... You know what turns Their them on. Brain. What turns them on is the crazy anime nonsense that 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 they do. So um, so and, and and then there's studies how their brains are rewired. They are just not interested in in women. And and a lot of men don't want to be dads. They don't want to impregnate women. They're not attracted to like what would be a legit mom. You know. But I'll, I also grew up in a livestock business. So when you're at a horse auction and you're looking to buy a horse. You don't want to buy the horse that's a that you know that's a rack of ribs that looks like you know um, you know uh, I don't know some somebody's you know whatever underwear models look like you know they're sick and they couldn't bear children to me you know what I mean because because you know but a, but a horse is like that like is you know fat and slick is what my dad used to say that is you know healthy not underweight you know and moves nice. Um, is not lame. Well, those are the horses we want to buy. The ones that don't don't look sick. In fact, breeders. Exactly. You want we want to buy healthy horses. We don't want anything coming. Same thing with like pigs or you know. I don't really do auctions anymore. But years ago, when we were in the auction market, we were always looking for the healthy ones. So that's what I I, I I'm attracted to healthy women. Um, but like a lot of my peers are attracted 
to um, you know strippers that have boob implants. Uh-huh. And, you, you know uh, the so and and you know strippers and party girls and that are drinking beer and hanging out at bars and not really good mom or not you know moms is good mom stock as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So 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 like. Um, m- so, for, so we have a lot of data compiled now because we've had high-speed internet for over two decades in most um, urban areas, most cities. So, and, 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 and there's all that data is out there. And based on my calculation, you know, the city slicker soy boys are really hard to teach how to weld and blacksmith. But when I have six-year-olds come, especially when they're, you know, I, I met their, like the one six-year-old who, who, who's like very impressive. I met his father at Jackalope when the kid was three years old. Patrick Binder, Patrick and Mari, yeah. they got a son, mm-hmm. Archer. So Archer's six years old, and he picks up the sledgehammer, and he starts whacking the thing. And I'm like, I didn't tell this kid I'll hold a hammer or nothing. He did it perfectly. And uh, But his dad's a contractor. His dad builds decks and houses and additions and, you know, foundations and stuff. And he takes a kid to work with him. So, so um, uh, but then when it's like college kids, it's hard. So... I um unless the weather's like really crappy or it's really cold, I mean pretty much every day the kids come with me and even Cypress like right here she's like dad I want to go home and you know, we've been here for a week I want to go home and feed the chickens and you know, she's been saying this for like three days I want to go feed the chickens and um, when we went down to Cape Cod she she's uh she's like I, she's like um a couple weeks ago for my grandmother's birthday party he um. Uh, Cypress was like, I want to go feed the chickens, you know, two days in. You only stayed down there for two nights. But um, two days in, I want to feed the chickens. So, uh, uh, and then that's another thing, too, I really want to throw in here really quick. I don't think you should be having kids unless you have a place where you can raise six egg birds. So if you go to Tractor Supply and you buy six chickens for $3 a piece, that's $18. You buy a 50-pound bag of grain feed, you buy... You know, you set yourself up a $100 chicken coop. Now you have less than a couple hundred bucks in a little investment along with your newborn kid. And some guys, well, why don't you do 12 chickens or 18 chickens? I'm like, nope, let's just keep it to the minimum. We need six chickens minimum for the chickens. And uh, just, 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 and, and your kid, your, your, your four or five, six month old should be playing with those couple day old chicks under adult supervision because they can kill them. But they should be like knowing that this is life. This is what we do. This is how things happen. And, and and um, I we had some, um, you know, I had Cyprus take uh, some friends who were who stopped in from the city, and they had like a twelve year old with them, and these were people you know I grew up with, and they they live in Boston now, and they just swung by the farm, uh, the ha- house, and I'm like, hey, Cy- Cyprus will go. Well, I was last fall. Cyprus will go. I'll help you guys get. To, why don't you go help her get the chickens, uh, eggs out of the chicken coop? Well, the little boy is like thirteen years old, and he's like, he's like, well, so the eggs are in the chicken coop how, how do they get there and um he was just like amazed that that am i am they didn't I, come out of a grocery store refrigerator right right well he so cypress is like cypress is like um oh it's a butts and nuts was like her favorite word for a little while because we got bull calves and i tell her to stay away from the animals with the nuts and then you know everything you know and they're pooping he's like it's a butt you know and so anyways and eggs come from a chicken butt yeah. So, so she's like chicken butt, they, eggs in a chicken butt. You know, she's telling telling a thirteen year old, and a thirteen year old was like, he was actually a little grossed out that eggs come from a chicken butt. Mm. He like kind of didn't want to eat eggs after that, and that's kind of what Bill Gates and his friends want to happen, right? That the kids are grossed out about dirty farm factory or dirty farm, you know, animals and stuff. Don't Anyways, they come out through the colloica. 
I don't know. It's chicken's butt, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 not a biologist. I'm I'm a farmer. So <laughs> so, anyways, um, but when um when uh, yeah, Rich is like, can you? KFC we, does not. What serve is a chicken? chicken? Can we define what a chicken? KFC is? serves genetically modified organism, not chicken. So when we open up the chicken coop, and we got like a whole range of heritage birds, so our eggs are like white, brown, you know, blue, blue green, some green ones, greenish ones, and um, and then anyways, they uh, when we open it up, and there's like a lot of chickens in there. Oh man, my daughter gets a dopamine hit, like yeah, and then. Oh, yeah. Yep. And she's like, this is awesome. You know, we got all these chickens. But um, so we got her a little wheelbarrow. So everything that daddy has, yeah. she has one her size. Yep. So I got her. A, it's the only wheelbarrow I've bought. Actually, I didn't even buy it. Josh bought it. My brother Josh bought it. But it was like a $55 kid's wheelbarrow. It's like ergonomically like her size. It's really nice. And um, so we, um, I got videos where, I'll, where she'll go and she'll take the um, grain for the chickens or, or the cows, and she'll fill up her wheelbarrow, you know, till it's overflowing, and then she can't pick up the wheelbarrow, and it falls over. And then now she's learned to only put the wheel, only fill it up about a third of the way, because she can handle it fine. Um, so she's she's figuring out. So she takes a wheelbarrow, puts, you know, several. I got, got her little scoops that she can manage. I got the grain set up so she can get into it. Um, and literally, I'll go in, 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 I call it commodity shed, because it's tent building, and I'll go in there to start, like, um, doing something and some stuff, and I'll, I'll like, all right, Cypher, start filling up buckets with grain, um, and and she'll fill up buckets. She'll fill up the wheelbarrow, and she takes the wheelbarrow and pushes it either to the chickens or the cows, and then she takes a scoop and she puts it in their feeders, and sometimes she throws it all over the place. Um, you're gonna have some waste when you have kids, and it's gonna take you a really long time. Um, Good I got, investments, though. Yeah, yeah. So I got videos of her um, uh, opening up yogurts to feed to the feed to the feed to the uh, pigs and actually at two years old this spring she became uh, more efficient at feeding the animals with it be, the job became more efficient with her and I doing it together than me doing it by myself which I thought was pretty fantastic uh, because literally I would send her with her wagon to go over and take all the yogurts off the little pallet while I'm over you know doing my yogurt in the bucket you know empty yogurt cup stacked yogurt tinfoil and lid in the trash the reason we're talking yogurt is because uh jay got a deal on got 15 tons for free yeah so i mean guess what they're eating yogurt yeah pigs chickens (laughs) uh are all eating yogurt um and and barley we got a lot of barley well i wanted to you know i don't want to get all your stories so you don't have a show but the (laughs) but this is the kind of thing that we're looking at and it's not just um a philosophy or the research that he's done and how the mind is affected and it's coming up with hacks to be able to compete with that using real life and his own children and sharing and i think it's so important to have these people you know uh that need this information to get it and then if you're already broken or you got problems there's hope so my aunt, autonomy, my aunt, know, Richard Grove. My aunt is a board of, now a board certified psychiatrist, and her and I, um, Karen Noon Yvonne is her name. I, whatever, look her up. I'm sure there's something out there about her. But anyways, her and I have talked on this subject several, several times over the past few years. In fact, every time I get in a truck, I probably have an hour or two hour conversation with my aunt, like just who I call when I'm got got to go do something. Anyways, uh, and and I and I've actually been 
specifically working on this like slideshow lecture curriculum whatever you want to call it about investing in your posterity and i've been talking with her very very much about this for the past like two and a half years basically since cyprus has been born and like even before cyprus was born i talked to her a lot about like other kids and things and whatnot but she has talked about how when dad lets the, the divorce parents dad lets the kids play video games and mom doesn't the kids come home and they are just animals they're they're, they're horrible for two days 72 hours she basically says if just you, you take the kids away from the devices shut off the devices but mom and dad have to not be are, are, are all, all mom mom or dad have to be online uh, on board they can't be you know you can't be expecting the kids not to drink coca-cola and sit there and drink coca-cola in front of them just like you can't be but when you're living in when you're doing what thomas jefferson told us not to do what what did you and, and i might be a little wrong in his quote but he said that um and as long as we're not living on top of ourselves like they are in europe um we will be able to maintain this constitutional republic and maintain our freedoms that are you know here or whatever and that's not the exact quote so the thing is is he believed in an agrarian society the thing know, is is is, this, is you know factory people you know in a shipping container down by the light rail with the everything a body needs gruel you know so it takes real responsibility to actually invest and raise your raise your children and it's one of these things that you just can't throw money at so like in the horse business you have these people that spend tens of thousands of dollars having their horses trained they have people come in and imprint their horses uh when the 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 foals when they're born as part of these breeding stables and imprinting is is they'll pick up all their feet they'll put the halters on them they'll put saddles on them they'll put bridles in their mouth they'll they'll clip their muzzles and their ears the, and they'll do really this. careful about the medications they take. And, and, and uh, oh, well, actually, they won't even give three-way vaccines to a lot of horses because veterinarians have gotten sued over the injuries to the, to the, to the horses um, and that are, you know, insured for a couple hundred grand, like a broodmare or something. So anyways, uh, the, the, so people do this with horses and dogs. But, you, like, you can't just send your kids off to training. You have to do that. And, 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 and our most valuable commodity is my time. I literally put in... Like 60 hours, 50 hours a week of working with my kids directly. And I am doing a lot of other work, too, while I'm doing that, whether we're stacking firewood, whether we're driving a tractor to, you know, scoop compost or feed grain or whatever we're doing. There's a kid usually strapped to me or riding in a tractor with me or maybe just right over there taking a pee in the dirt while we're doing something else. Um, but the the thing is, is you have to be responsible for your own kids and society has gotten to the point to where, like, well, I don't have to teach my kids stuff. That's why they go to school. That's why I pay taxes. So this is why, you know, you know, what well, I don't know how many generations, how many generations we are into the Department of Education and the, you know, the DC down public school system. Um, I haven't done that calculation, but it, it's certainly it's very much showing up right now. Is biting us in the ass very hard. The fact that like we can't get anyone to work. Like, Justin over here is, like, an anomaly for a mid-20-year-old yeah. man. And he's actually one of the few mid-20-year-old actual men I know because most of them are basically soy boys. Um, and, and, and they've been getting castrated, you know, emotionally and mentally by, like, this critical race theory stuff, by the gender confusion nonsense. Um, you know, even, like, uh, at the local store... Uh, uh, local hardware store, Country Three. It's a deli hardware store, propane lumber yard. So we'll like go go in there and get some stuff, and we'll go over to the deli and buy like a thing of blueberries and 
and they got all this candy there, and, and they tell me that my daughter is the only one. So there's a candy thing where she goes and plays with this little toy with a candy in it, but she doesn't even know what candy is. Right. She has no clue what it is. Right. And um, like Halloween, she don't get any of that shit. It gets switched. I just like I like. In fact, I kind of really don't want to do Halloween. Um, it, it is a lot of fun doing Halloween with your right. kids. She dressed up as a chicken and was so proud to be a chicken. We got her a chicken <laughs> costume at two years old. And, yeah, she wasn't even two. She was eight. She, she was before she turned two that she was um, dressed up as a chicken and running around. And she didn't even give a shit about the candy. She's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a toy somebody was giving out. She really liked that. Oh no, apple. She ate an apple. There was a at one of the Halloween things. She grabbed the apple and she just started eating it. So we go to the deli and she grabs an apple or a pepper. She doesn't want to grab candy because we don't let her have that kind of stuff. She doesn't even know what it is. And she picks it up. I tell her to put it back. Um, and then we're in another hardware store the other day, and she wants to get a dog toy. So I'm like, nope, we're not getting a toy, but we can get a tool. You want a tool that's yours? Oh, yeah, I want a tool, she says. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, walked yeah, around yeah, yeah, for 45 yeah, yeah. minutes in a hardware store, and she's, like, looking at tools. and She's like, grab screwdriver. She's like, daddy's got screwdriver. She puts it back. She's looking at some wrenches. She didn't really want a wrench. She sees a set of tongs. Oh, I want this, she says, the tongs. So we get the tongs because she's always taken mom's tongs in the house. So now she has her own tongs, which she's very happy about. And um, but we left them at home. She really she wants her tongs, too. She did say that the other day. Um, So anyways, uh, the thing is, is her confidence is 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 tremendous. Um, And. She's a little adult. She she yes. interacts with the other adults. She's yep. considered, you know, she's part of the crowd. Yep, yep. And and, and that's the way. Not 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 whiny, you know. Not I mean, she she's a kid, but I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, she'll get whiny when she's tired or, or hurts herself or something. And she's actually usually mostly only whiny around me and my. If she was whining right here and I just walked off and let her hear you guys, she wouldn't whine at all, you know. Um, well, she she's probably pretty comfortable with you. She might whine a little bit with you, but she won't whine. She'll whine with me, you know, yeah. not really with strangers. <laughs> so so so, anyways, um, uh, well, the thing is, is so she loves this. So first, you know, first thing in the morning, she 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 like, she's like, well, she she'll tell me, I want to go to work with you, I want to work, and she throws a fit sometimes when I can't take her to work. Like if I got to go weld some stuff or do some torch work, I can't take her to do that. Um, but, uh, anything I can do with her, like I, we had a mini excavator rental for a couple days and I was working on the machine and we used to put some hours on it. So the mini excavator is like really nice. It's like, you know, 2019, uh, cat, uh, um, Bobcat E45. So, um, it's, uh, um, so we're out there doing some stuff, and she's with me, and she's, Dad, I try. Sai. Sai tries. She calls yeah, herself Sai. Yeah. I'm Sai, she says. And uh, so she's just sitting on my lap, and she could totally grab both joysticks, and she's holding on to both yeah. of them as I'm doing it. Plus, I have a backhoe that has pilot controls, and she yeah. run the backhoe a few times. So the mini excavator, she just dug a hole. Like, put that thing, like, right in the same spot, lift it up, put it there. And and then she took the hole of the dirt, and she put it back in the hole. And then we dug another hole, and then we put a rock in the hole, and she filled the rock in, and she pat it down. And then she's driving them with the hand controls back and forth. So, like, she's really into it. Another one is... Uh, My grandkids at eight had to go and spend hundreds of dollars renting a... It's like a playground yep. with real excavators and yep. stuff then they yep. got like little tire bumpers on them and yep. all that kind of stuff yep and you know my kids grandkids they're there's a two-year-old doing this for oh, yeah. real on yeah. a farm it, it has to give them confidence so so another thing i've watched grow up side by side i've watched 
So in, in the hay business, I was driving to New York or, or Quebec, you know, a couple times a week to get hay. I also drove like once a week, not every single week to New Holland, Pennsylvania to go do all kinds of animal related business, you know, buying animals, selling them. Anyways, so I've watched Amish kids grow up my entire life. I've watched, I've, I've, I've been, you know, I've, I remember every single Amish kid being two years old, riding, you know, um, sitting on a wagon with grandpa um, and, and driving the horses. Um, and, you know, 150 years ago, literally every post-pubescent boy and girl knew how to fit a harness on a horse knew how to drive a horse and knew how to doctor a horse and knew how to make sure the bridle was correct make sure the horse wasn't going to get sick. probably knew how to build their own damn house too uh, they knew how to they knew how to lubricate the wagon wheels because that was really a thing you had to do every time you used a wagon you know they knew how to um so 75 years ago every 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 man that had a driver's license that was whatever 16 18 years old that was driving a car knew how to change a tire they knew how to clean the points they knew how to gap the points because you know, points, do you, you know, they, they needed, they needed maintenance. They knew how to change spark plugs. Um, they knew how to change their own oil. Um, today cars don't have spare tires and they're so freaking reliable that you don't have to, you know, I, I know people have like, Oh, I've never changed. I've never had a blowout before. Well, just, you know, you can run 80,000 miles on a set of modern tires, you know, um, and you, you can drive a modern car 150,000 miles without really opening the hood, you know, from brand new, if you use it a lot and, and everybody just sends it in for service. But everybody's been programmed to, oh, you, you need to hire an expert for, for brakes. You need to hire an expert for your oil. You need to, like, consult. Yeah, whatever. Anybody. You know, do it yourself. Watch you watch a YouTube video. There's no excuse. And you can buy all the tools, right? The My guy, daughter, she got her first car, like, 17, 18. It was a Dodge Neon piece of crap. And it needed uh, disc brakes. She goes, it's scratching. It's doing this. She knew by then what, what it was, you know, because. Yes. Uh, Grinding. You know, we, she, we taught her. And. Um, and uh, you know, what do we, what do I do? Where do I go? <laughs> you know, well, this is how you do it. Yep. These are the parts. You go to the auto parts, and they get it and come in. And, you know, we're going to put it up and drive where we're going to do it. And disc brakes aren't that hard. I mean, you right. know, within a from the start of the whole damn thing, with two three hours, we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is not even an attempt at a lot of. It, it's like. It's like they shouldn't know how. There's something wrong with them if they know how. They're they're oh. not. They, they need to be served by a robot to do it for them. And, and the joy, the 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 benefit of being able to fix your own stuff is is not just uh, financially beneficial. It's uh, character building, well, and it, it makes you self reliant. It's and it be, means that you can do other things. Too. I know so many and people, that, and that's yep. what I want because we got to wrap this up. Yep, I want. That's why I think this course and what Jay's doing is so important. These examples, as he's raising a very young daughter and son on a farm, with this philosophy, he knows how it had an impact on him, how it have an impact on other young people, and for generations to come because we're not learning this. We're learning it now because we didn't have it. We got, you know, uh, Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs, has got academies that you freaking know how to, you know, do plumbing. I mean, you know, and then who's making it? Well, that's one thing. Jay is in demand. The boy is not never not busy, you know, making some money, but he's also an inspiration to Generation Next and to the people that have moved up here. So we're going to work on this. I want to let everybody get a final say, and that means in less than 
50 minutes, Jay. So you know, <laughs> go ahead and get your final say on what you're hoping to accomplish with this. I'm hoping and to accomplish that, will have something to say. that mothers and fathers make the their number one investment their kids. Uh, that they don't just take that. I, I, I hope that they are responsible and, you know, that they don't just dump their kids off at a daycare to go work in their cubicles and push paper around or whatever they're doing. Um, I hope that they don't hire someone to mow the lawn, that they get on, they get, you know, I mean, I put Cypress in the front carrier behind the walk behind mower with um, earmuffs on and, um, and, and we gave her some, uh, I got, I bought some uh, toddler safety glasses. I bought a 12 pack of those yeah. youth and I got youth welding gloves for the kids and uh, youth um, safety glasses and, and uh, toddler earmuffs. And the mower is not super loud, but and she loves wearing her earmuffs. Lucas has them too. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and she rides a forklift with me with no exhaust on it, with the, with the earmuffs. And, and anyways, um, but the thing is, is it takes just like what we've been. I've been hearing my whole time. I've been involved in this freedom movement. That freedom comes with responsibility. Lazy people do not make good libertarians. Uh, because they fail and they give up responsibility or they relinquish responsibility. They delegate it. Or they delegate it. And so people have become complacent because for generations now, uh, moms and dads have been relying on government to, to, to... to take on the responsibility of, of training and imprinting their and, and uh, their kids. So basically, what we have is not, we have a labor shortage. We have a whole bunch of people who don't really have you know skills, and we got a you know tons or of even people desire or and, and desire. And 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 this is what happened in Russia under Lenin. You had a whole bunch of useless people that basically got hungry, and they went and they slaughtered. Anybody who had anything, any of the shopkeepers, the, the jewelry stores, the um, auto places, the farms uh, right outside the cities got wiped out by massive mobs of, you know, um, people. This is why I'm really glad that, you know, in New Hampshire, uh, they have sold, I don't know, what, 18 million bullets in, you know, 2021, which, you know, just in New Hampshire alone. Um, so anyways, and oh, by the way, in New Hampshire, uh, all the feed stores, all the gun places got tons of bullets, all kinds of stuff. They're all very well stocked up. Um, another good reason to be here. So why I, do you think that is? Because all the gun manufacturers are here. There's a lot of bullet manufacturers right here. Yeah. A lot. Live free or die. It's a choice. Yep. <laughs> so we're gonna live free. We're gonna live free, and we're gonna th- thrive. And 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 I feel like I'm thriving. My family thrives. I'm very happy with um, the way life is going. Um, I, I I I I when I go back to Massachusetts and I hang out down there about every two months, we go down there for a couple of days and we do some stuff with family and stuff. And we run into people and they're like, dude, do you remember high school? Those were the best years. I'm like, no, right now is the best years. And they're like, what? No, no, it's not. And I'm like, like some people like really get upset that I'm like rubbing it in their They're like, well, you got lucky. I go, no, I've worked hard. Uh, I, I spent my teen, my formative years. I spent, Working for somebody all the time. I go, you remember you guys who pick on me because I worked for somebody all the time because I didn't go to parties, you know, and I, I didn't go getting trashed all the time. And I wasn't, I, I, I didn't like it. I never, I still don't like beer, but I had a stepmom who's a drunk and she really liked beer. And I just didn't. But the thing is we have to take, parents have to take on responsibility or their kids are going to be useless to the people around them and they're going to end up. And they're gonna and they're gonna end up, you know, overdosing a heroin. They're gonna end up being a ward of the state. They're gonna end up living, you know, um, under the bridge in, you know, in in a tent. And like I know some guys that are homeless right river. now that are my age, that they're physically <laughs> fit and they have skills, but th- their dopamine hit comes from a substance like um, 
uh, opiate substance. You know, they're they're so they're heroin addicts. So or or they're alcoholics or like I noticed one guy. He's two years older than me. He's an alcoholic. He graduated high school. He went to college. He's a land survey engineer kind of whatever dude he can like do it I, we've hired him on and off for years to like fix things for us and do things <laughs> but his deal is like i don't drive so like you pick him up and like he can live in a camper for like three weeks and he's like you just you know you got to bring me a, a bottle of i don't know what whatever he likes yeah, yeah. and 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 cigarettes and he'll like do a bunch like he built all the fences really good you my dad kind of had some bums hanging around that were like highly skilled but it, it was because of their they were their addiction thing then they weren't bad guys they weren't thieves but they just they're gonna get drunk every day because that's what they did and 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 now the guy's like totally homeless you know he's like riding a bicycle i saw him a couple couple weeks ago we were down there he's like yeah because I'm, I'm it's summertime so i just pitch a tent over by so-and-so's cornfield and, <laughs> he's, and he's and 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 he's like he's like and yeah Farmer, blah, 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 is like, yeah, just, you know, don't make a mess. I don't care. And, you know, help me out a little bit. And um, so anyways, uh, and the only difference between me and him is, uh, you know, he, he, he essentially, his dopamine hit is alcohol. And, uh, you know, and my dopamine hit is, um, is, is building things. Raising you family. Know, raising, and, and that's what it is now. But, like, but like it, I, it, it's a sense of pride when you go get a whole bunch of piglets and then you bring them to market. Or you bring them to the slaughterhouse, and then they're they're big and they're healthy, and none of them die on you, you know. Um, and then uh, and then you, and then like here, I've been serving my meat, you know, from animals that I tell everybody. I go, my daughter and I raise these pigs. My daughter and I raise this pork. Um, the beef, you know, was a cow I just bought from a neighbor because I, I well I got cows at home that we're working on, uh, but you know it takes a couple of years to finish. You get a cow done before you can, you know, you That's why you make meat. magic beans. Right. So, anyways, but yeah, magic doesn't work. Uh, magic, you know, and, and and that's another endless hope for uh, for a lot of people. Something magical is going to happen. And um, so the thing is, is your parent. It's hard work. You, we need to make kids our number one priority, and not just let government and big tech have have at them at all. Yeah, but government, they are always politicians saying they're our number one future priority too. Yeah, they, I mean, they've uh, always lied to me. It's always <laughs> yeah, been a lie. Yeah. Okay, so speak louder than words. This this is. I want you, Richard, right, to you know, um, you know, give your final comments and so on. But what Jay's been talking about, mm-hmm. he's been researching. You know, he's online doing this kind of research just to be a good dad, a, a good liberty activist, to see, understand what the problem is. We've done a lot of shows together and so on. But he's confident enough that he's put it into action with great results with his own kids. This is um, really in line with a lot of the stuff that you had talked about, and you saw it coming, too, even before, you know, you had your child. And then you're seeing the result coming out. I mean, you're not old, you know, but you're not young either. You have enough, you know. uh, (laughs) Middle age. Yeah, you're you're middle age. You know, you've had enough experience to see the result of exactly what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. And you see the benefit of it, what you're picking up the pieces what comments you have? All right. So what he's talking about, I've seen coming for a long time. And since Ernie, uh, at once upon a time, Porkfest convinced Lisa and I to be parents. We're now parents, and we struggle against this because Lucas didn't have any electronics. Ernie and Donna. Ernie and Donna, <laughs> yes, yes. It was like good cop, bad cop, but you guys got it done. And uh, we had a first couple years, no electronics, no TV. He's, it was very chill. But his, na- his uh, our neighbors were his cousins, and they go to public school, and they got Chromebooks. 
and then they're playing games on Chromebooks and all his cousins are older and they're already indoctrinated into that. So it, it became a struggle. But um, being at Porkfest for a week, he hasn't asked for any... I mean, he ate a couple of video games over there in the uh, the garage over here. Arcade games. Yeah, arcade, arcade games. games. Right, right, That's right. different, I think. Right, it's a little different, and it's a limited exposure to it, right? Cost money. So, yeah, it costs <laughs> money. And um, we spend most of our time outside with him. And he gets to play with friends several times a week. He gets homeschooling, like at a, uh, what do they call it, private membership association that we formed. Um, but what Jay's talking about is either if you're considering being a parent, know about this stuff ahead of time. Like, I think, remember that documentary last, documentary last night? I said uh, we couldn't remember. It was a social agenda. Was it? What's it called? Social, social Dilemma. Social Dilemma. Yeah. Right? I did Where watch they, that. I made my granddaughter watch segments of that. Right. She's getting her first cell phone. I go, oh, hell no. Because the internet's not your friend. It starts with ARPA and ends with DARPA. And they're the <laughs> same people who brought out the aerosolized vaccine that masqueraded as a virus for the past couple of years. Right? So there's a lot to this. But from a home homeschooling perspective, as parents, you need to make yourself stronger so you can be a better parent to your kid. Like when he's going through, he's like, if you had Similac, then you probably like Coca-Cola. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I didn't get, my mom was a nurse. She worked shifts. I didn't get breastfed as a kid. My brother has Similac as well. Lucas, on the other hand, doesn't know what Similac is. He doesn't know what candy really is. Right. He's only, he drinks water as his constant, right? As a kid, as soon as I could spell out P O P with my hands, I'd be asking my mom on the phone until she said, yeah, you can have some Pepsi or some Coke or whatever because it's got bubbles, and I like that shit, dude. So I'm totally wired in. Dopamine, I'm like, I'm wired in the Matrix. We have the first opportunity to send a generation back into nature instead of – because they want – like I'll tell you the end game. They want everybody's everything in the metaverse – and that you're just like a soylent green fed pod in some matrix with an somewhere. IV. <laughs> right, with an IV. You know, you're – you're wired in. Whereas now we can say, ah, we see what we're doing. We see what they want us to do. We can stop what we're doing and do something different. And I think COVID, I think COVID really helped people get into homeschooling. Then they learn about Ron Paul curriculum. Then they learn about John Taylor Gatto. Then they learn about the Prussian education. Then they learn why they haven't adulted yet. And then from the top down, I think, from my experience, healing the parents helps to heal the next generation so much faster because they have gone after our kids generation after generation. We've been function of that, our grandparents, parents, us, and our next generation, until we say, oh, we see what's going on. Let's stop that. Let's give them real connectivity back to nature. They understand how to make shelter, fire, food, water, all these needs, and then everything else is a want. That's a nice to have. Right, and pork fest helps you keep it real. It's like if you have shelter and you got warmth and you got some food, you're good, right? If the electricity went out, no big deal. You're 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 living close to nature, but most people live in a community of these cookie cutter toll brothers houses. That if the electricity's cut off, those people are eating each other in less than a week, and that's not an exaggeration. No. People who don't know how to meet their needs peacefully become very violent and like animals. And that's the goal for them to crush our society with, like, a second civil war in this country. And I don't think we should give the pricks the satisfaction. I see the, you know, I'm really satisfied that we got to have this conversation because I can see 
you know, what's coming in the communication to Generation Next. That's been, I always called it Generation X, Y, Z. I go, yeah, Generation Next, man. There's the next one, you know. And they're always, they, them, those won't leave us alone or trying to capture. And we need to be defensive of our future and our children, our grandchildren. I We really were uh, focused on our children. And a lot of it, you know, for selfish reasons. I didn't want to parent my grandkids. I wanted to be grandparents. You know, like I'm yeah. raising you to raise my grandkids. I mean, you know, I'm wanting to have grandkid time. And it's worked out awesome. I got 12 grandkids, four kids, and I'm just like, I am. But it took, like Jay says, a lot of work. A lot of sacrifice. You know, a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. We, we sent a lot of sacrifices. I so, drive a 30-year-old pickup truck, and if I was because, well, well, several reasons but one of the thing is i i could probably go spend a hundred grand on a pickup truck you know because i can make 125 dollars an hour i could work 70 hours a week if i wanted to um no problem um i used to do it all the time just not at 125 dollars an hour and um you know but I, I i choose to do about 60 hours a week of you know hardcore you know dad daddy yeah, farming daddy, yeah. you know this is one yeah. thing i i'll i'll I wrap it up we'll go forever but the um <laughs> You know, one of the things, uh, my children, I remember they would, they, we had a family restaurant. So their high school years, you know, which has made it popular. I mean, all their friends, you know, got a pizza yeah, restaurant. Yeah, that didn't hurt. Awesome. You know, but the um, one thing I remember, they started to get of age. They're getting 16, 17, 18 years old, and they're starting to realize, well, hell, I could make a lot more working for somebody else. I'm like, damn it, they're figuring it out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um what happened is I talked to her. I said, look, let me tell you what's going to happen. You take them to the DMV to get their license. I go, this is your competition. This is just, you know, everybody's got to come here. Okay? They're not sending the butler to go get their driver's license. All right? I go, Every, this is your cross-section of society. This is your competition. You guys are going to be fine. <laughs> and I go, but when they go in and you do the interview for, you know, I need a bigpayingjob.com or something. Yeah. You go in and they'll say, you know, well, we're, we're going to have to expect, you know, uh, one weekend uh, every other week or a Saturday every month. And you're going to have to work a little bit of overtime and a salary up and this and that and everything. You might be up to like, you know, 45 or 50 hours a week and then you're going to get paid this. Much. And you're going to look at them and think of your life working in the restaurant and go, well, crap, that's like a vacation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. And I get paid? <laughs> So I go, it's what you're used to, what you've been uh, prepared for. And I was never worried about my kids. And it's um, it's been great to see happen, and I see it missing. And that's why I was so, Donna and I were very enthusiastic and paying, you know, get the man slapping Richard and Lisa around to have kids because I knew what great parents they would be. <laughs> A lot of guys like that. And, and the same thing with Jay. They get pregnant again. I'm like, good. Yep. You need more, yep. you know, yeah, keep yeah. going. So this is, but you can't do it without effort and have skills, an example, an inspiration. You can't do it with excuses either. Yeah, no excuses. Right? The excuses prevent things from happening. So this is what we're, um, just want you, this audience, you're getting heads up, okay? We've been working on this for years, trying to get Jay to do this. And we're committing him to get on it, you know, yeah, yeah. and share. Thank you. So this is, we, we 
little bit, you know, resources, equipment, and now with autonomy and Richard's involvement, and I know he sees how important this this is and how much, how useful it's going to be. Because who else knew what was coming in early 2020 that they prepared by buying up all of the livestock they could that was going to be bulldozed into a ditch? And had the Free State Project is not going to starve. They may pay $13 a pound, but they're not going to starve, you know. So this is, and doing it themselves, and be inspired by the new family. You know, and Challenge a big part of it, too. She's got skills on a bunch of other stuff. You know, so this is, you know, I'm glad that we got to do this. You know, peace out, guys. Thanks for sitting down with me. And you got uh, something that you need to share with Generation Next, your children, your grandchildren, and it'll be inspiring and informative. Peace.